0: Faith, a word packed with meaning. Sometimes it holds firm, but sometimes it wavers because life rarely goes as planned. Moms often find themselves or their children tossed to and fro by life's circumstances, revealing how we tend to put our faith in things that can't keep their promises instead of our promise keeping God. When this happens, we feel let down, question what we believe, and wonder if God really is who he says he is. We don't feel His presence, instead feeling frazzled and unsure, but it doesn't have to be that way. Join Million Praying Moms and author Erin H. Warren for Confident Faith, Three Prayers to Strengthen a Mom's Heart, and learn to put your faith in our faithful God who keeps His promises, is always with you, and is the peace you crave. Yours free when you sign up at millionprayingmoms.com or in today's show notes. What if I don't feel full of faith? What if it doesn't feel like God is being faithful to me or to my family? What if I have prayed and begged God to show himself faithful, but I just can't feel it or see it with my own eyes? These are the questions we're asking and finding answers to on today's podcast. Hey friends, it's Brooke McLaughlin, your host of the Million Praying Moms podcast. The mission of our time together is to help you learn to make prayer the first and best response to the challenges of parenting, a partnership between you and the God who loves your children more than you do. Together, we're learning to pray God's word for our children in the areas they need it most. Now, there have been many, many times over the course of my 45 years on this earth that I have not felt... Like God was being very faithful. I have felt like my own faith was wavering or causing me to doubt or asking hard questions and even at times to grow a bit cynical. One of those times was after we miscarried our third baby. Another time was when my nephew passed away unexpectedly. And I felt it after a season of intense loss where we lost seven friends and family members in seven years, But I've learned that faith is not a feeling and that feeling a lack of faith or feeling a question about God's faithfulness, those feelings are a normal part of the human experience. And there's something that we can do when they show up. That's the conversation that we're going to open up today. My guest for this entire season has been Erin Warren. Erin is passionate about equipping and encouraging women to discover God's truths for themselves. And I just love that about her. She wants women to know what to do and how to do it when those doubts and fears and questions come up in their Christian walk. Her ministry, Feasting on Truth, helps us to remember that the Word of God is our very life, even when our faith might feel a little lifeless. And the other reason that I think she's perfect for this conversation is because she's the author of our latest 30-day devotional called Everyday Prayers for Faith, Finding Confidence in God No Matter What. Everyday Prayers for Faith is a 30-day devotional style book that will help you learn how to have a firm faith even when life doesn't go like you planned it. It's going to renew your faith in the faithfulness of God, and we can't wait to get it in your hands. You can order it now, anywhere books are sold, or you can always check it out in our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. So after a word from our sponsors, we'll dive in. It goes without saying, but the Bible has changed so many lives. Take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible, or even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many are facing. That's why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my book, Praying Mom. Simply text MOMS to 71326 to help today. That's M-O-M-S or visit give.crew.org forward slash MOMS. Again, that's give.cru.org forward slash moms. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. Well, Erin, welcome back to the podcast. I have to tell you that I really, really love our topic for today. It's special to me. It's important to me because... It has been a part of my own walk with Christ, learning the difference between our emotions and the truth and how they interact with each other. I actually really think that it's at the very heart of the reason that women, and and I will just go on record as saying probably men, even though they may experience emotions differently than women, I think it's part of the heart of the reason that we struggle with our faith in the first place. In fact, I would actually say, and I may be making kind of a bold statement here, but I actually think it's true, that as believers, we probably rely on our feelings to guide us more than God intended us to. We touched on this a little bit in our last episode, but I really want to dive in today to get underneath and and into this subject. So my first question for us today to kind of help lay the groundwork a bit is, are our feelings... Wrong. Are feelings themselves wrong or sinful? Are our emotions something we should always question, and what is their role in the daily life of a believer? That's three questions in one. Let me know if you need to re- if you need me to repeat one. <laughs> no, I think I got it. I think I got
1: it. Okay. Uh, this is certainly something I am extremely passionate about as well. It's something that you and I both share. Uh, is this idea of emotions and head knowledge and, and all those things. And so I want to start with kind of answering a little bit of your question is that our emotions wrong? I don't think emotions are wrong. I think emotions are indicators, but I think there's some history here that kind of helps us better understand how we got to this place where we kind of put that weight, as you were saying, toward feeling and emotion more so. You know, I grew up and I can remember, I don't remember who said it, but I can remember, you know, as a young woman, maybe even in high school, hearing a pastor say, the most crucial 12 inches in your faith is from your head to your heart. And it was this idea that, that your head is the wrong thing and you've got to put it in your heart in order for it to be the true thing. And I think that that was a little bit of a a misleading statement, because what it does is it, it removes the importance of knowledge. And it tells us that what we feel and what is in our heart is more important than what's in our head. And you know, I think that some of that we get maybe a little bit from the Pharisees, but it's been really fascinating as I've over the last couple of years taught through John, and I'm currently teaching through the book of Mark right now. And in the Gospels, we see the Pharisees on the whole. There's a handful like Nicodemus and a couple in there who get it. But for the most part, we see the Pharisees as the self-righteous, full of head knowledge, religious people who don't have a feeling faith. And so we point to them and we say, see, this is what head knowledge does. But the more I've studied the gospels, the more I realized the Pharisees didn't even have the head knowledge. <laughs> they, they were putting their own agenda over God's. It wasn't that they didn't move their faith from their head to their hearts. It's that they never really allowed God's truth into their own heads and into right. their own hearts. Because they'd actually
0: made up a lot of their own truth, right? Yes. Like they actually, the, some of the things, a lot of the things, all of the rules Absolutely. that they had for living daily life were not actually biblical. They were extracted from maybe a foundation of biblical truth, but then had been really taken off the rails to go in a self-righteous kind of controlling direction. Yes,
1: very focused on outward appearance. It was um, an appearance of righteousness. They added on to God. So basically what they were doing is putting themselves in God's place. I don't think they actually got it. And so I think what we've done though is through that misunderstanding is we've swung the pendulum too far toward feeling. And I think what's really fascinating is that the Greek word for knowledge is there is no separation of head, heart, In action. It's all one. So when you knew something, it affected the way that you acted. It affected the way you felt. There was no separation of head knowledge and heart knowledge. It was a full body, a whole being knowledge. And actually, yeah, if you go over to the Feasting on Truth podcast today, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into that because I don't have time here in our short time to go into that. But I'm going to do a little bit of a deeper dive on biblical knowledge and the benefits that knowledge has for us. Because like I said, feelings are indicators, but they're not truth. We can't allow feelings to be our compass of truth. We have to rely on a source of truth.
0: Yeah. I really love this conversation because I kind of feel like my own spiritual journey is reflected in it a little bit. Like I I was raised in the church. I had some of the very best Sunday school teachers you could possibly have. Like I could rattle off the names of some of these dear, you know, saints that just really poured into me as a child and they laid this head knowledge kind of foundation for me that actually, I mean, I still rely on, you know, like the things that we learn as a child really do matter and really do shape us. But there came a time in my walk with the Lord. Like I, I was saved when I was nine. I started walking really closely with the Lord when I was about 21. And I think it was probably around that time where I really just felt like God was pouring into me. You know, like, have you had one of those seasons mm-hmm. where you're just kind of like alive for the first time in your relationship? And and in that time, I, I didn't stop losing my gratitude for the foundation that had been laid for me. But I really wanted a deeper experience of the emotion of following Christ. And so I I kind of went in a different direction, like denominationally. I went in like I, I was really looking for an environment to worship where people showed their emotion more than, you know, what I had seen before. And to me, for a season, and it didn't last forever. But for a season, I kind of equated that with like being more godly, being being a little bit more, you know, like they obviously love the Lord more because they're showing it more. And then mm. as I, you know, moved into my 30s and 40s, the Lord kind of brought me back to this place where I'm like, you know, actually, it's both. It's not one or the other. It's both together. Right. And so that kind of reminds me, like you can be a precious saint and not really be showing a lot of emotion in your worship. Or, you can be a precious saint and be showing a lot of emotion in your worship and still be worshiping the same God and still be mature in your faith. It just took me a while to get there, you know, like it I just had these seasons of one and the other, and I think maybe that's a reflection of our growth in Christ. We always are growing and learning and experiencing more of him, but it's both because God made us whole people. He didn't just make us a brain walking around, right He didn't just make us a a heart walking around. He intentionally made us with both.
1: Right, exactly. And I think we are called to engage scripture with our minds. Um, This is something Jen Wilkin talks a great deal about in her ministry is in Matthew 22, when Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbors yourselves. On these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. And we immediately go, love them with all your heart. Love them with all your heart and your right. soul. And we forget the mind part. We are called to engage scripture with our minds. There's a quote by Carrie Newhoff. He says, when Christians lose their minds, people lose their faith. And I think mm. it's important for us to keep our minds engaged. This is a huge part of my ministry is that inductive Bible study and learning how to study scripture for yourself first and foremost because that is how we engage. And I think a lot of the reason why we tend to have that separation of head and heart knowledge is because we haven't had the right approach. And this is something that we've talked about through this whole series is there's a way to do that where you're just getting facts, like you said, in Sunday school. I mean, I was Mm -hmm. the same. I won every single Bible trivia game we ever played You know, on every retreat. Everyone was like, I want Aaron on my team because I could rattle those facts off. But the Bible is a book about God. And so I think when we come with that approach where we are going, God, what does this tell me about you first and foremost? For me, that's really been the catalyst that has helped it become that whole kind of bodied, I hate saying whole bodied experience, but you know what I mean? Like (laughs) it's a a head and it's a heart and it's a hands. Like it is all three of those. It affects the way that I think, it affects the way that I feel, and it affects the way that I act. And I think that that is super important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I want to say, I feel like as a mom of teenagers right now, I think maybe there's a word there for moms who might be listening and their kids are in a season where they're kind of owning their faith. Like they've done everything that they can do to pour into their kids. They've reinforced what the kids are or provided even the foundation for what their kids are learning at church and they feel confident that they've given their children everything of the faith that they possibly can. And yet their children are still like, well, I don't know. Like It's a process of ownership. Even if your kids have already made a profession of faith and you're as confident in that as you can be, there is a season where they, they need to own what they've been taught. And so it doesn't necessarily mean... That they're walking away from the faith. And so if you have right. a child right now that you're like, oh, I'm scared to death because they're asking questions or I'm scared to death because they're like, I already taught him this or I already taught her that. Why are they questioning it? Did I do a bad job as a mother? Like, did I fail on some level because my kid is going through this process of ownership? Well, the answer might be no. It might just be that this is a normal progression of, you know, how, we mature spiritually as believers. It's just kind of the way it is, and so we maybe need to just take a deep breath. I know I've needed to do that in my own parenting <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, um, just take a deep breath and say, Lord, you know, just keep working. They have the foundation. Yeah. I've given them everything yeah. I can. It's you know, you got to take it from here and make it real to them.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that we talked about uh, in the last episode about you know, faith is a fruit and faith grows. Right. And I think too often as parents, sometimes we look at our kids in year two, three, four of their faith, and we judge them by year 30 of our faith. You know, and we're like, why can't you see? And, you know, we have to remember that our faith grows as we grow too. And so, I can look back, my faith is not the same as it was 30 years ago. It's not the same as it was 20 years ago. It's not even the same it was five years ago. And so remembering, um, and I know this is a little plug for Everyday Prayers for Patients, giving them grace to grow, (laughs) you've got to give them the room and the grace and the space to be able to grow in their own faith in the same way that you have to do that with yourself. There is an element of patience there of walking with them, but remembering that faith is a process and it grows as we grow older and that was something we we saw in that in the story of Abraham and and all of that.
0: Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so you know, our kids are growing up in a world and it's always been this way, right? Like it just takes on different methods or different means. The enemy uses different means at different times, but our kids have always been growing up. Those who have grown up in a Christian home where they're getting one message from home and they're maybe getting a different message from the world. And I think that's very true of our kids, but it's also very true of us as, as adults, we are still getting different messages from the world than what we might be getting, you know, sitting in church on Sunday or sitting down at the kitchen table with the word on Wednesday morning or or whatever. So the world is sending us messages like, hey Aaron, you do you. You do what you want to do. Or hey Aaron, live your truth as if truth is somehow different for everyone. So I just want to camp there for a minute. And just, you know, like, I know the answer, but I just want you to talk about it.
1: (laughs) Is truth different for everyone? (laughs) Hold hold on. Let me go grab my soapbox. Yes. Um, (laughs) Okay. Stepping up on my soapbox now. Okay. Oh, my goodness. You know, I think what has been so scary to me is that it's not even uh, in the church and out of the church, you know, differing messages. And what we've started to see is some of these messages Weave their way into the church as well. And it sounds right. You know, like you be who God created you to be. And we see some of these just slightly twisted, just slightly off kilter statements where we go, Oh, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And we just go, we use it as an excuse towards sin. But y'all, we have to, have to, have to, have to, have to, have to stand firm on the solid foundation of a singular truth, and that's God and His Word. You know, it is a huge threat to our faith to say, you do you and live your truth because our truth is subjective and our truth changes with whims and our truth is not a solid foundation. And anytime we start putting our truth or our, you know, own kind of things, what we are actually doing is taking God off the throne of our life and saying your standard is not, you know, at play here and you're putting your own Self on the throne, and that is um, my pastor often talks about it as the disordered affections of the heart. Is when we say we want our way more than we want God's way, and so all of those we have to remember. And this is this is literally the whole foundation of my ministry is that He is the truth. You know, we can go to the Martin Luther's five solas of the Reformation. You know, sola scriptura is so important it is scripture alone and i think we you know often quote second timothy 316 all scripture is breathed out by god and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness and it equips us for the good work but i think sometimes we forget that that doesn't mean we're always going to understand it my church went through the book of leviticus this summer it was Incredible. But one of the sermons he kind of talked about it, when he was talking about the food laws and what was clean and unclean, he's like, you know, it's not like God explained everything to them and explained why they had to eat this certain way. We may not always understand the truth that God lays out, the boundaries that he lays out in scripture, but that doesn't mean that we're exempt from obeying it and standing on that truth. You know, I think about, we give our kids boundaries. Let's just take, don't talk to strangers. I don't have to go in to explain to my four-year-old or my five-year-old all the potential dangers of why. I just need them to trust that what I say is true. And I think a lot of what we have kind of started to see is we start questioning or we You know God's truth. Well, I just don't understand why he would say that boundary. That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't obey it. And I think this is why for me, God-centered Bible study is so important is because it helps us have a better trust of who God is and that he is who he says he is and he does what he says he does. And I think that for us is really important that we've got to know his truth And then we have to trust his truth, even when we don't understand it.
0: Right. And I think there's an acknowledgement that I think it's okay and it's safe for us to just say, I don't understand God, why you did it this way. I could name two or three things right off the top of my head from the scriptures that I'm like, Lord, <laughs> like I feel like I could have done that better. Like, right. Of course, of course, he's God and I'm not. I'm, I'm joking. But there are times in our faith where we really just don't get it. And I think sometimes, especially in the culture that we live in, if we feel that way, if we find ourselves questioning the way God did something, we're almost being trained to say, well, my entire faith is in question now, right? Just because of We're just are throwing the baby out with this.
1: the bathwater here, <laughs>
0: right? And and like I think the thing that I want to stress here is that this is completely normal. Right. It is normal for us to have questions. It is normal for us to not understand what God is doing. It is normal because we are human and He is God. It is right. not an abnormal thing. Like if you're experiencing some questions and don't feel like you get what God is doing, or you don't feel very full of faith right now, or or you don't feel like God's being faithful, you're among the other millions and millions of Christians on the face of the earth. You're not alone in that. And God is big enough to handle that. But just because you have those questions doesn't mean we throw everything out. And it doesn't mean that we, like we said last time, it doesn't mean that we just camp there. Right? It is a call to us to do something different and to, you know, approach it a certain way. And so that's kind of what I want to get into now is as we wrap things up, what are some examples of what handling our feelings and questions and fears and doubts and all those things? What are some examples of handling that the right way? What might that look like in the life of a normal believer?
1: I love Whitney Caps has a, a Bible study called We Over Me. Um, that's the seven churches in Revelation. And she has this great story that she tells in there where she is about to go speak to a group of people, but she's really wrestling something, going through something really hard. And she's like, I just feel like if I go and I speak at this event, I'm going to be faking it or whatever. And This is what she was talking to her dad, who was her pastor. She said, dad said something that night that has profoundly shaped my faith. Sometimes the bravest thing a believer can do is choose to act on what she knows to be true about God, not what she feels about God. And that isn't fake. It's faith. So I think sometimes we let Satan tell us that if you don't feel it, like you were saying, going to that church, if you're not feeling it, then you're faking it. And I think sometimes the bravest thing, I agree with her that in her doubt, like what we can do as believers is act on what we know to be true because that's faith. Because faith is acting on what we know to be true about God, not necessarily what we feel in that moment because your feelings change. Y'all, sometimes, I mean, our feelings change. Minute by minute, I can be yeah, I was say, great one minute or so. and on yeah. my knees and <laughs> crying my eyes out the next, you know. Yes, I think there's been a season for me, you know, at church where on Sunday morning I feel like I would be faking it if I were to sing these words, and I tell myself to sing them out in faith knowing that the feelings may not be there that Sunday morning. And so I think that proclaiming truth to yourself, whether that is, in worship, or it is reminding yourself. This is why I love the Everyday Prayers for Faith book, because it is me walking you through these promises of God that are yours, yes and amen, yours to hold. And they are the ones that he is faithful to fulfill in your life, but you have to know them. We have to know what he promises us. We have to know his character. We have to know what scripture says and the truth of scripture, or else that is when we allow satan you know to kind of get in there. So I think what we need to do is we need to always line our feelings up against scripture. We need to always come back to the foundation of scripture and say does this align with scripture? One of my favorite passages is second Timothy three, one through seven. And it's, it gives this whole list of sins. Like there's going to be times in the last days. It's going to be difficulty. People are going to love themselves and money and proud and arrogant. They're disobedient, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, you know, no self control, not loving good, treacherous, reckless. I mean, like bad list of things. And you're like, man, these are awful people. And then in verse five, it says this having the appearance of godliness but denying its power avoid such people for among them are those who creep into the households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of truth. Like these are people who have an appearance of godliness and they capture weak women who do not know the truth and they lead them Mm, astray. Those women. Yeah, Yeah. like I don't want us to be women who are always learning, but never able to arrive at a knowledge of truth. We have to arrive at a knowledge of truth. And we do that by coming to scripture and learning how to study it for ourselves, because that is the foundation of faith that will carry us even when we don't feel it.
0: Yeah. As you're talking, I I was just thinking of something I I posted on Instagram just the other day. It's something to the effect of obedience precedes emotion. And for me, that's really been true. Like sometimes I don't feel certain things to be true. So as you were talking about, you know, being in church and not like feeling, you know, like singing those words, or maybe I, you know, I don't know if I even believe those words today. I remembered this time early in, uh, actually, I think I was engaged, and my future husband at that time had gotten stationed in a part of our state. That I wasn't happy about. It wasn't what we had prayed for. It wasn't what I wanted. I didn't even like the area. I did not want to go there. And I remember I'm driving down and we were going to be shopping. We were getting married in a few weeks and we were going to be looking for a place to live that weekend. He was already down there and and I was coming down to do that. And on the way down, I I remember in the car was about a three hour drive from where I lived. And I remember just kind of being mad at God and going, I don't, I don't want to. I felt like the Lord was calling me to worship. And I had this awesome CD that I had been listening to, I'm dating myself, but this awesome CD that I had been listening to all the time in really my car. That I love sad a CD it. is yes. what
1: dates us now. <laughs> it does. Not a tape, not, yes,
0: not, not an eight track. Yes, <laughs> not an eight track, but a CD. This was like my favorite worship CD, right? It was my favorite worship music of that particular season of my life. And I felt like, I really just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, put it in. Put it in and worship me. And I remember saying, no, like, like a two year old who just stomped her foot, you know, like, no, I don't want to worship you. I don't feel like worshiping you right now. And in my, in my heart, the way that the Lord speaks to me, I just felt him say, do it anyways. Mm. And so I did. I put the, the CD in the CD player of my little Honda Civic at the time and I just let it play. And I began to just sing with it out of obedience. It really did not come from this place of worship. I was not in a worshipful mood at the time. I was actually angry with God, mad at him for, you know, not doing what I wanted him to do in that season of our lives. But the further I got down the road, the more I walked in obedience in that moment. Um, like within a couple songs, I was worshiping. I felt like worshiping in that moment. And so sometimes, like you said, to wrap this up, we're whole people. The verse calls us to love the Lord our God with with every piece of who we are, not just our heart, not just our mind, but our strength and our soul, all of it. But sometimes we have to go back to the truth as the foundation for all those other things before we can get in the right spot. And so we just want to encourage all of you that are listening today go back to truth. Let truth be what leads you in your faith. Let truth be what defines your emotions. Your emotions are not wrong, but let truth be the anchor for those emotions and the way that you approach things when your faith takes a hit or when your faith feels hard or when you just don't feel it. Erin, thank you so much for being with us again today. This has just been so great. We've got one more episode and I know you guys are not gonna wanna miss that. So make plans to come back and join us for the final episode next week. And don't forget to order your copy of Everyday Prayers for Faith now at millionprayingmoms.com or anywhere books are sold. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Million Praying Moms podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Go check them out.